Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the football podcast. Season is well and truly drawing to a close now, all across the board. Playoffs, playoff bound, playoff times, times for playoffs. Yes, yeah, the playoffs. Um, there's there's still football to talk about. There is still football going on, so stay tuned for that. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe, and comment. Drop us a review. If you enjoy the podcast, leave us a review. If you enjoy the podcast, share it with your friends. They might enjoy it too. Right, let's get talking football. Here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Ah, yes. For what will be one of the last times this season, ladies and gentlemen. That noise tells you all you need to know. It is, we're back. I was going to say the three of us. I definitely can't count. There's four of us. The four of us are back. We're here to talk about football once again. The, uh, the trials and tribulations of at least two of the three clubs that we support. Um, but again, I can't do it alone. I, uh, I come to you with the assistance of Nottingham Forest's finest, Matthew Moore. How are you, sir? Good. Excellent. We also come to you with Hull City's finest, Joe Woodmansey. How are you? Excellent. We uh, we haven't lost in a little while because uh, we're all done. So. Uh, awesome. Haven't lost in at least seven minutes, which is always good from a Hull City perspective, he says, whilst, you know... Fully expecting to get the uh, absolute treatments out of him at some point. Um, <coughs> and up until last week, he was a Bermondsey boy, but sadly they let him down. So technically, he might be a Blackburn boy, but we don't know yet. It'll all depend on the team that he picks for the start of next season. But he is the uh, the quintessential cookie cast podcaster. It is the leader of the podcast. Mr. Andrew Cook, how are you, sir? Well, as the uh, as the YouTube uh, watchers will attest to, I have ascended to my godly form, and I am doing well. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, for those of you not watching on YouTube, Mr. Cook is dealing with uh, nature's spotlight, as it were, uh, that's making him look rather heavenly as we speak. So, it's either that or Cyclops has taken off the mask, is the... Yeah, and uh, for those who watch Marvel, or possibly X-Men, I don't know. Oh, oh there we go, two, he's two for two, everyone. I'm all sat down for that, Jesus. <coughs> it's one or the other, but <laughs> not there goes. in the end. <laughs> So, obviously, it was the end of the football season on last week's show. This week, well, sorry, it was the end of the season from a championship perspective. I do apologise, Mr. Moore, there, just thinking, hang on a second. Fine, okay, we'll stop, finish, we're done. I'm going to snatch your hand off for it now. <laughs> sorry, if, it, if it's over, if it's over, yes, let's please, we'll, we'll take that, we'll take that. Sadly, sorry. Paul Williams has decreed the season's over, we're done. <laughs> yeah, that, would be, that would be quite nice. Yeah, that would be quite nice. Um, sadly, yeah, I don't get to admit those, but um, 
end of the regular season for the EFL, as it were, as it is. Uh, Premier League still has two weeks left to run, and obviously we are in the midst of the Football League playoffs. So, first game from last week, we started in the capital, where Chelsea took on Nottingham Forest. How did this one pan out in the end, Mr. Moore? Positive result, I think. Um, kind of looking at it, um, so a, a two-all draw um, is is uh, kind of what the result was uh, by by the highlights and uh, match reports that I read. Um, it looked like Forest played the same game that they played for the majority of the season. Defend, soak up a lot, of, give, let them have possession where they want it. You know, seventy-five percent possession Chelsea, twenty-five percent possession possession Forest. And hit them on the break, um, like you know, putting a bit of pressure here and there, and squeezing them and stuff like that. Um, and by the look of Chelsea in the first half, they looked quite kind of spooked by it and kind of not confident at all. Um, so, and by that, Forrest opened the scoring by a nice crossing from Renan Lodi and a Wanyi Teo a Wanyi. Uh, beat the keeper and the defenders to the ball first uh, and nodded it in for a 1-0 lead going into half-time, which was kind of alright, kind of stoic doing flips and kind of general feeling of sickness kind of thing. And and then, yeah, all my fears were swiftly realised uh, by Raheem Sterling equalising not long after the break. A bit of... I'd say a bit of poor defending, really. Um, I think, yeah, it just kind of bobbled around a bit and then he stuck it in the back of the net. Um, yeah, not the best. Um, and then not long after that, he doubled his total for the thing. I did warn everybody last week, if you need an England player that hasn't scored in a while, uh, then join, you know, come and, play, come and see Forrest and we'll sort you out. Um, then the second goal, Felipe went to bit ground a bit too easily, I think. Um, and left in the space to kind of curl it round Navas, but in a way that they haven't really shown much until the last month or so. Forest kind of had a little bit of fight in them, um, and a one you got a second, a really nice kind of move uh, in the box, but bowled around a little bit, and then Mangala dinked it in, and another header. From the the big man up front, um, yeah, and the kind of forest kind of cling clung on to it um, at the end. But yeah, a two-all draw, a valuable point, but yeah, point could have been more, could have been less. Add that to the total of now 17 points thrown away from a winning position. But you know, who's 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 here for negative stats? Uh, everyone, everyone's here for negative stats. Everyone loves a negative stat. Some some would say it's it's the it's the fuel that uh, that, that drives this podcast on. The uh, the negativity is uh, is rife at times, and it is it is the lifeblood of the uh, of, of the of the Cookie Cast football podcast. Another another nice stat that I heard is he one year is the first Forest player to get uh, to score a brace in the Premiership since Brian Roy in ninety five. For nearly 30 years since the Forest player scored a brace. Now, 27 of those years have been spent outside of the Premier League. But, you know, still a stat. 
that uh, not to be proud. Well, for proud of for him, not to be proud of for the rest of the donkeys that Forrest have employed over the previous 27 years. <laughs> Listen, as, as we know from the American Football Podcast and the Wrestling Podcast, the Americans can't have it their own way and have the monopoly on all the stats that are definitely not stats that they just make up and just throw out there whenever they want to get some sort of point across. So let's start it's like adopting a, it. It's like out-of-context stats when you have like the different kind of things on the Instagram and stuff like out-of-context, such and such. Out-of-context stats. Oh yeah, here's a stat. Oh yeah, they haven't played each other for 30 years, but here you go. <laughs> Oh, it's beautiful. You love to see it. Right, so, 2-2 draw. From a predictions perspective, Mr. Cook, you'll all be shocked to hear, had gone for a 1-0 Nottingham Forest win with Johnson to score the goal. Sadly, no points for Mr. Cook. Mr. Woodmansey had gone for a 1-0 Chelsea win with Madueke to score the goal. No points for him. I had gone for a 2-0 Chelsea win with Gallagher and Madweki to score the goals. No points for me. Mr. Moore, though, he, he, I, hope you're, I hope you're putting some bets on at this point. Because you, you kind of, you kind of like just all in at the minute. With your, uh, with I'm your on a run at the moment. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing all right. You certainly are. So Mr. Moore had correctly predicted a 2-2 draw. So bagged himself two points straight off the bat. He also had... Sterling to score for Chelsea, as we covered in the podcast last week. Uh, obviously, uh, hasn't scored for a while. England international, get your house on him to score. Havertz for the second, so no points there. And then for the Forest goals, he had Gibbs White and Awonyi, so gets himself another bonus point there. So those you keep in score, zero points for myself, Mr. Cook, or Mr. Woodmansey. Mr. Moore straight in there with four points. Oh, we just go now then. Yeah, that's difficult to catch him in our in our one remaining game of the week, which saw the first leg of the Middlesbrough playoff semi-final with Coventry. It took place at the Coventry Building Society Arena, where it was Coventry City versus Middlesbrough. Um, this one started off at, uh, at quite a decent pace from a from a Borough perspective. They, uh, I'd say, within the first sort of twenty to thirty minutes of the game, Coventry never really had a kick as such. Um, Middlesbrough had the best of the chances um, Ball came into the box At Pom Managed to get it out of his feet um, Was closed down by the keeper Who got a save on the, his, his effort And tipped it onto the bar um, A couple more efforts here and there Then obviously Coventry grew into the game A little bit more after the half an hour mark uh, But it went through to half time and 0-0 um, Second half started um, Much much of a similar sort of vein Middlesbrough more on the front foot. Coventry uh, trying to pick him off on the counter. Um, Middlesbrough did have the ball in the net uh, a portion of the time in the second half. However, it was ruled out correctly, I may say, for an offside against Isaiah Jones. Um, and from there, the game kind of petered out, really. No, um, nothing nothing really much of uh, no From a Coventry perspective, they did manage to go the entire 90 minutes without registering a shot on target in the game. Um, so that's uh, I think praise has to be given there to the, the middle of the centre-halves um, Daryl Edden and Paddy McNair for keeping Victor Gukoresh quiet on the day 
Um, and that's uh, and that's where the game finished. It finished nil nil. Uh, so finally poised ahead of this week's second leg at the Riverside. Um, from a predictions perspective, I've had a couple of correct. Well, I say correct. Uh, no one had picked a nil nil. Surprise, surprise. Um, Mr. Cook, uh, the optimist, the most optimistic, shockingly, had gone for a two nil Borough win with Archer and Akpom to get the goals. Uh, Mr. Woodmansey had gone for a 2-1 Coventry win. Gyukaresh Godden to score for Coventry and Akpom to score for the Borough. Myself and Mr. Moore had just kept it simple with 1-1 draws. And we had both picked Gyukaresh to score for Coventry and Archer to score for Borough. So, no points for goal scorers, of course. However, um, we do get a point each for the correct result in the fact that we picked a draw. So, two games, only two games to pick from. Um, Stu and Andy come into the week and sadly have no points to show from their two games. I had one. uh, And uh, Matt absolutely stormed the week with five points. Uh, Mr. Woodmansey, I believe you have uh, some uh, some information to uh, to raise about particular... I don't know if it's about this particular game or about the playoffs in general. No, just about the championship in general, seeing, ah. as, seeing as the regular season has come to an end. Um, I was doing a little bit of reading, and as, as we mentioned before, we like we seem to like a bit of negativity. So what could be more negative than finding out who the dirtiest teams in the entire championship were for the season? Um, uh, so, can, I, can I throw forward Sunderland AFC? Well, I can I can run through the list slightly. Um, it, it is broken down in chunks that I'll have to flick through. But um, anybody wants to hazard a guess um, over how many uh, yellow cards were dished out during the championship season? Oh, it, they... let's have a go at three hundred and twenty. Okay, so. Um, I'll oh, go a thousand. Now like like twelve hundred, something like that. Okay, uh, Andy, do you want to give me a number? I was going to go with like a hundred, but now I'm like maybe that's not fifteen hundred. Okay, so so in in the twenty two twenty three campaign alone, there were over two thousand yellow cards. Yeah, no, it's time about it. Um, and there were also sixty five dismissals, which is including straight reds and uh, two yellows. So. That, that was the two thousand over two thousand start that got me. Um, let's think. So, so let's try and break it down. So you've got twelve games per week and forty six game weeks. I can't I've do done the math. Back. If you want, it's so forty six times twenty four. That's one thousand one hundred and four games. So, so average is well, out on more than a card game. Do a game. Ah, uh, well, actually, you have to half it, don't you? Because each game has two teams in it. Ah, oh, okay. Then. Four a game. Yeah. Is, no, uh, so there's not as many well, games. Everybody plays home and away. Yeah, but every game, so it's not. I'm sure that I'm sure there's like rhyme or reason. There's there's a there's a maths person that's like listening to this now, just going. That's not <laughs> that's that well. Having a heart attack. In, 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 in the words of every single podcast that's ever been recorded, where the fuck is Carol Vorderman when you need her? Um, <laughs> so, Probably having um, surgery. Um, now I tell you something. If there's, if there's a if there's a podcast catchphrase for this podcast, everyone knows that is what that's what it is. We're always we're always dropping that. 
Well, the the information that I've seen is taken from um, an article that was put into the Yorkshire Post, um, but the, it was data sourced from popular website Transfermarkt, um, which we've used before. Um, so just just a few highlights. Obviously, I'll I'll give you like the the cleanest teams in the league because one of one or two of them may surprise you. So it was done in such a way that um, a yellow card w- would earn one point, a sending off because of two yellow cards would earn three, and a straight red would count as five points. So all teams were ranked on that on that basis. Um, the cleanest team in the league. Anyone anyone brave enough to hazard a guess? Just going off the fact that you've said it'll be a bit of a surprise, I'm, I'm going to go for Millwall. Hold that thought. Not quite. Uh, no, um, it may be a little closer to home for, for one of us, but not directly, as uh, the cleanest team in the league was West Bromwich Albion. Ah! Um, they only had 76 points. However, Millwall... Second cleanest team in the league with 80 points, which is insane. Although saying that, the players may be well behaved, it's just the fans you've got to watch out for. Um, Third cleanest team in the league, Hull City, um, with 82 points, which which, which was a bit of a shock to me because I seem to recall a couple of red cats this season. Um, But maybe we just didn't get quite as many yellows as everybody else, so you know, whatever. Um, moving on, moving on up. So the the dirtiest towards the dirtier end of the spectrum. Well, clearly towards the dirtier end of the spectrum, you're gonna find Middlesbrough, right? Um. <laughs> so yeah, Middlesbrough were um, surrounded by. In fact, Coventry were just before them um, with 98 points. Middlesbrough only slightly dirtier on ninety nine points, but do sit fifteenth in the middle of the uh, the rankings, as it were. So kind of only slightly higher than than the middle of of the road. So Paul, you mentioned Sunderland. Just to flip, just to flip the rankings of the way now, they are the seventh dirtiest team in the league. So you were you were right. Those are definitely a top ten. They had a hundred and five points. Um. Do we just go all in now? Who do you think was the dirtiest team in the league? Jack, I'm, trying to think of like, I'm trying to think of teams that I can remember like playing like early in the season just thinking, wow, they have got some right horrible bastards in them. Jeff United, Matt said, they are third dirtiest. Second was Preston, but officially for the 22-23 season, the dirtiest team in the league, Swansea City with 118 points. You wouldn't have thought that a side that sort of has got like a bit of a reputation for being like a sort of a slick, pass and move, you know, like build from the back side, you wouldn't have thought they'd have some horrible rhyme, might rhyme with, you know, bumped. Um, in the team, you know, it did surprise me that as well because they always get a really good rep for being quite a family club and, like you say, like a like a passing team. And the, but yeah, that that one that one did surprise me. But I think the least surprising aspect was what Matt called in the sense of Sheffield United bit right up there. 
Anyway, well, I just thought it was I just thought it was interesting. I quite enjoy stuff like that. So uh, just, I suppose you just have to look at your uh, you look at the manager because the manager sets the tone. And uh, given how Mister Heckingbottom acted in the playoffs against Nottingham Forest last season, I am uh, not surprised to find out that his team is full of dirty cheating bastards. <laughs> um, just one final point. Um, obviously, the first leg of the Middlesbrough semi-final finished nil-nil. Uh, the other semi-final, so for the team that Middlesbrough would play against if they were to beat Coventry in the second leg, um, finished Sunderland 2-1. So Sunderland were in the driving seat uh, from that perspective. Um, the game is actually ongoing as we speak for the second leg and Luton are currently 1-0 in front. Um, so that tie is currently level on aggregate 2-2. So, as it stands at the moment, if the game was to finish now, we'd be having extra time and then the possibility of penalties. So, um, watch your space and obviously, if, 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 the, uh, if, if the Borough do get through to the final, we'll cover the team that they'll play in the final next week. So, all that leaves us with is next week's game. So, as we said before, two games, uh, two games to cover this week. It's the second leg of the Middlesbrough versus Coventry um, Semi-final. So, on that regard, obviously it's my team, therefore I will go last. I'll open the floor up to you, gentlemen, and we'll go through to Mr. Woodmansey. What uh, is your prediction for this particular game? Uh, for the for the Middlesbrough-Coventry game? Yes, please. As I said last week, I don't have a good feeling. And in a way of which... Uh, listen, regular listeners to the podcasts will be well aware of. We'll try and predict some negative juju to then obviously not be right. Um, so I've gone for a 1 0 Coventry win with Yokoresh to score. Yeah. He was kept pretty quiet on the, on Sunday, uh, but whether they can keep him quiet for two full 90 minutes, that will, uh, that will be wait, we'll wait and see. Mr. Cook, what have you got for this one? I feel the last game was just just get through the game. Don't 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 be showing anything off. Don't be flash. But the next game, that's where we really need to see the magic. And uh, it's a scoreline that has served me well. And by well, I mean I don't think I've ever hit it a single time this season. So now's the time to get it. It's a two-nil Borough win. And my two favourites are coming out for this game, Archer, Chuba. Yeah, 2-0, Archer and Akpom. Look at the goals. Mr Moore, what have you picked for this one? I've gone for the more kind of the playoffs generally end up at some point in absolute insanity. And providing that it doesn't happen tonight for the Sunderland-Luton game, Sunderland game, it's probably going to happen tomorrow night, so I've gone for 3-2 Borough after extra time <laughs> long night <laughs> imagine though imagine if, it, imagine if it's 0-0 at full time and then it finishes like that <laughs> can we not? can we not lads? Uh, goal scorers please hey, you're not I'm telling scored. me you wouldn't take it obviously <laughs> 
I'm the person who sticks like all his uh, all his things on the all over the table on a roulette table. So I've got Akpom Archer and Ramsey for Borough. <laughs> Good fact. And Yuka's uh, gone. So Ramsey, not sure if he'll be fit. I think he was in the squad, but there's massive like sort of question marks of how fit he might be. I'm sticking with it. All right. Okay. And you two for Colt? Yuckerish and Gordon. So, unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way you want to slice it, I am going to be in attendance for this game. I managed to, uh, managed to snap up some of the tickets as they were flying off the shelves. Uh, thankfully, managed to get just get in there just before the uh, the... The shutters came down, so to speak. Um, so I will be in attendance. Uh, therefore, obviously, will be, um, for want of a better phrase, shitting myself for the entire 90 plus. Um, however, based off of what the, uh, the the game that I saw on Sunday and the 45 minutes in the second half from the game the week before, I think Borough will have just about enough to get over the line here. I think the home I think the home crowd will play massively into the, into the game. Um, I think if the if the Borough fans can sort of be on it from like the, the first minute, then hopefully we should we should see something, uh, something more positive. So I have agreed with Mr Cook. I have gone for a 2-0 scoreline and I have also gone for Archer and Akbom to score the goals. Whether that be whether that is the case, obviously, no one's going to know. Um, this this has happened before. I did go to the previous time Middlesbrough were in the uh, the playoffs and managed to get to the fi- uh, get to the final uh, when they played Brentford across the two legs. They won the first leg two one and then three nil in the second leg at home. So I'd take that all day long, uh, like three nil win for the Borough, which would hopefully see them through to the final. On the 27th of May. That's the Borough game. Out of the way. That just leaves us with Nottingham Forest's second to last fixture of the season. Um, we Before we uh, before we dive into the Forest game, as we are going to discuss the ramifications of the other teams that are in and around Forest at the bottom of the Premier League, we are just going to take a short break just to replenish ourselves, make sure we're in the right frame of mind, and then we're going to break down all that sort of jazz at the bottom of the Premier League. So, once again, don't touch that dial, don't go anywhere. We will be right back in a few short ticks. Recording in progress. Welcome back in, ladies and gents. So, as we said before, we're going to pick it right back up with Forest's second to last game of the season, which takes place at the City Ground. And they will take uh, they will take on the uh, at, at the time of recording team that have uh, pretty much shat the bed when it comes to their uh, title challenge hopes, shall we say? Given their uh, poor three nil home performance against Brighton at the weekend. <laughs> have you seen that tweet that's been doing the rounds in the last couple of days about the Arsenal fan? who uh, had a massive falling out with his wife because he cancelled the family holiday so he could watch Arsenal win the Premier League this year. 
they were due to go on holiday on something like the, the 28th of May or no, the 26th of May in the season. Whatever, whatever it is, it was two days the wrong side of, of the season finishing. Um, I hope that man can afford the divorce as opposed to the holiday that is now oh, being cancelled. <laughs> oh dear. So, not in the Forest versus Arsenal. Before we go and give our predictions for the game, we are just going to break down the kind of the relegation battle as it currently stands. Um, so, five teams in and around the bottom, not including Southampton, as they've already gone. They were officially relegated when they lost at home to Crystal Palace. And uh, the the newly minted Southampton fan Rishi Sunak was in attendance, and uh, as was pointed out on the radio earlier today, doesn't everything he touched just turn to gold? <laughs> we won't get into that. As, no. Uh, no. <laughs> that could uh, that could open, open some cans of worms. So Southampton relegated twenty four points. As it currently stands, Leicester and Leeds. Both in the bottom three. Leicester on 30 points with a, with a goal difference of minus 18. Leeds on 31 points with a goal difference of minus 25. Yeah, then on Everton in 17th, 32 points, goal difference of minus 24. Forest in 16th, 34 points, goal difference of minus 31. So, Forest, as we, as we discussed before, have the worst of the goal differences down there. Um, with Leicester having the better of the goal differences, Leicester <coughs> are four points behind Forest at this particular point. So a win for Forest means that Leicester won't be able to catch them. Uh, it wouldn't mean that it wouldn't mean that uh, Forest would be safe, but would mean that Leeds would have to win all of their remaining games to get to get out of it. So Forest next game, Arsenal at home. Everton's next game, Wolves away. Leeds' next game. West Ham away, Leicester's next game, Newcastle away. So Forest are water. Forest are the only team in the bottom four. Well, of the bottom five sides, they've got their home game first of the last two games of the season. Um, I believe Everton Wolves is the only game that is played before. Arsenal Forest or Forest Arsenal, sorry. Yeah, I think uh, I think you've got you've got Everton Wolves is at three o'clock. Forest yeah. Arsenal is at half past five on Saturday. Yeah. West Ham Leeds will be kind of two o'clock. Two o'clock on Sunday. On Sunday, and then Newcastle Leicester is the Monday night. Monday football. night. Mm. So there is a scenario where Leicester could be down. Potentially, I think. Um, without, even, without even playing. No. Oh no, because they can't beat the six points. No. Even if Everton win, they could still technically. Yeah, because they'll, 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 they'll still be six points to play for, but they would have to win both of their last two. As it as it currently stands, you're looking at Leicester pretty much having to win both of their last two games anyway. Just given Everton's last two games, so. We'll go through we'll go through the prediction for this week and then we'll go through the scenarios that'll sort of 
for the last week of the season when we come to next week's predictions. Um, so, obviously it's Mr Moore's team, so he will go last. Um, even though Arsenal have absolutely shat it and can't win the league pretty much, well, they still can mathematically, but Man City will have him sewn up by their next game. I'm more than certain. Um, I do have Arsenal still winning this game, unfortunately. I've gone for a 3-1 Arsenal win. Gone for a one-year to score for Forrest, then two for Jesus, and a goal for Smith-Rowe. I think might come in and get a couple of games at the end of the season to put him in the shot window if they want to get rid in the summer. Um, Andy, you looked horrified by what I was saying there. Uh, why don't you put me right? Horrified is an understatement. I mean, Matt's sitting right there. and you just, I gave him a go. You, you did, but... Uh, it's, it's a 1-0 Forest win. I'd like us all to say it together. Johnson to score. Lovely stuff. Your podcast bingo cards being completed at will there, ladies and gentlemen. Mr Woodmansey. Um, I had the misfortune of watching some of the Arsenal game and Jesus Christ have they lost their head. They know it's gone. There is nothing they can do about it at this stage in time, and I don't think that they'll be in the best frame of mind, which will go one of two ways. Now, sometimes teams, when they're up shit creek without a paddle, get a bit between their teeth and will then come out with a, a good old 4 0 spanking. But um, this Arsenal side, I do not see that happening. Um, I've got Forrest picking up a point with uh, Gibbs White to score and Odegaard to score for Arsenal because that kid will shoot from anywhere. Yeah, but he's got the uh, he's got the goals he's seeking to back it up. Big yeah, he does. From uh, midfield, so he's, uh, he's certainly on a hot, hot vein. Um, that is uh, 15 goals with no penalties as well. So he's the highest non-penalty scoring uh, midfielder in Europe, I believe. Uh, go on then, Mr Moore. Tell us, uh, tell us the right score. Seems like you've well, been doing it, it for the last three weeks. This is the kind of thing that uh, I was, like, for the relegation running thing, this is the kind of thing I needed to process in my head with you guys here. So, obviously, Forrest run 34 points with Arsenal and Palace left to go. And I'm really kind of... Head says we're not going to get any more points. Heart thinks, ah, maybe two more points out of these two games. Then I looked at the Everton games with, against Wolves and Bournemouth, and I think they can win. I think they'll win both of those games. I genuinely think they'll win both of those games. So that'll take them to thirty-eight. Leeds have got West Ham and Tottenham. Everybody knows my feelings about Tottenham. They're, they're the biggest choking dogs in the in the league, and who knows what they managed to pull off on that last day of season. I don't know what's going on with West Ham. Obviously, they've got the UEFA Conference thing left to go. And they seem to be resting players left, right and centre. But then on the other side, I'm like, well, it's the last game of the season at West Ham. And you've got like your Declan Rices who look like they're leaving and Anto- Antonio's out of contract in the summer. There's a lot of players that are on the way. And then in my head, I'm like, oh, Leicester. And then you got, they're on 30 points. They've got Newcastle away. <laughs> Again, I refer you back to my comment about Spurs. Um, and then West Ham away. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, West Ham at home. 
and that could be obviously West Ham. West Ham are done and dusted, and might have that kind of like looking if they've made it through to the UEFA Conference Final, are they going to rest players, have the eyes on that kind of thing? So that's my panic kind of thing. I'm like, Ugh. Um, and then on the flip, on the, uh, adds to the level of panic of that stuffing from Brighton on Arsenal could have done one, one or two things. One, absolutely ruined them or lit a fire up their arse and I'm very, very worried that it's going to be the set of the former of the two. Uh, but I'm hoping that that kind of, that Forrester like digging in and that has got that kind of thing at the moment. But I've gone for another optimistic two-all draw. Because like I said last week, we love to concede goals. But anybody who doesn't put goals down for the op- opposing team or throwing away three points there because there's at least one going in. Um, I've got two each, a one-year Morgan gives white for Forrest, and Jesus and Odegaard for Arsenal. you got to remember that that, that Arsenal side have also, are they still playing Granite Xhaka week in, week out, who is the biggest hot-headed mother in the entire division, and if he starts to throw the, pram, the toys out of the pram to start with, uh, I mean, it seems to run through the whole team when he kicks off. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a lot, of, like a lot of the discussion has said that. What was it when he? It, it, the moment their season seemed to start to fall apart was the Liverpool game where he kicked the lump out of somebody. Yeah, you know, he gets sent off for it. But yeah, I think he was. Um, it was Gary Neville's thing. He said he, he was um, Trent Alexander Arnold. He said that 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 kick basically woke Alexander Arnold up and yeah. sort of and and kind of gave the Anfield crowd a little bit of a lift as well. And he said, the one thing you always do that you don't do at Anfield is give the crowd a chance to get into the game. Yeah. And he said that just sort of like that was just a terrible mistake, basically, by um, by Granite Jack. Yeah, it's um, it's weird, isn't it? Because you can't you can't ever look at another team's fixtures and sort of like pin all your hopes on that. So I suppose all I'd say is if you were offered this position with two games to go at the start of the season I'm assuming you'd have taken it you'd have, you'd have snapped the round off wouldn't you surely yeah yeah you know if kind of technically in your own hands I think the problem is when you look at those remaining two fixtures and they, I think the frame that it's in I think so like you look at the Arsenal game and it, I mean, either way I think a point would have been an optimistic kind of prediction and that's what I've gone for like if they were still going for the league, I mean, it might have been just like, yeah, sod it, it's going to be 4-0, they're going to absolutely wipe the floor with us and walk away. I think the other thing that means looking towards Palace, obviously they've not made a decision on Roy the boy, but that might be like Roy's little swan song to his second stint at Palace to kind of think so they're going to want to send him out on a like high note kind of thing. I, I, yeah, I'm just kind of like the, the negative, like the, the, the kind of mist is drifting in of the negativity of like, oh god here we go this is the way we throw it away in the last two games when we've kind of really put it into our own hands kind of thing and oh god you can see it. I'm, I'm just looking at the fixtures and I can see where all the other teams are going to get all their other points and we're going to go down on goal difference and going to drive them mad if, I think if the, the fixtures had been the other way around so if Arsenal would have been away and Palace would have been at home I'd have, I'd have quite comfortably said you're going to get three points minimum yeah, yeah. Um, I think if they'd have been at home on that last day I think the crowd would have would have come into oh, it as well. 
I was just um, going to say the exact same thing there. I think you'd have probably, like, if you could, if you could literally right. make the fixtures yourself, you'd always want to have the last game at home. Well, I think I was listening to the radio on on Saturday, um, praying that a team that I despise could do something against another team that I despise. Um, and like they were talking about, oh, you know, the, the, the statistics show that being at home on that last day of the season is... Like in a in a kind of crunch situation is always beneficial kind of thing, um, ah, yeah. I, I I don't know. It's that. Yeah, like you said, if if it was if if they were at home last game of the season, aside from any of the top like six, you'd realistically you'd have like twenty eight twenty nine thousand in the city ground, and you might have the same outside. I mean, they might as well just get like big, massive tellies up in the car park because I think you put you could probably like sell tickets for twenty five thousand people just to go and sit either in the car park and watch it or yeah. in the city centre to watch it. Um, and it I would think... just be an absolute, you know, not wanted to use Big Sam's phrase, but like an absolute bear pit. You know, like it would be like the the, the club coming to play Forest would be like harassed from midday that day to the moment that they got like till the moment that they left kind of thing um, well, I, think, I, think, I, think, I mean maybe it'll be the same I mean it's not going to be 20 it's not going to be 50,000 people down at the city ground on Saturday but if, if I was have that, like, if, if I was in, in big old Stevie Coop's position though I think the way to approach it surely has got to be regardless of what happens this weekend is almost a free hit because regardless yeah. of everybody else's results on this first round of games of going into the last two, Palace are still going to be... Uh, sorry, Forest are still going to be out of the bottom three by the time that these games are played out. They can't slip down, can they, into the bottom three? They can't. If Leeds win. If Leeds win. Yeah, so again, so they can't slip down into the into the bottom <laughs> three. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah, if Leeds and Everton both get positive results, it, but the, the, as as Matt said before, their their destiny is very much in their own hands still, and that's the important point, I think. Yeah, that's the bit the bit to hang on to. I think regardless of what happens this weekend, if the, if they need it, Palace are a very beatable side. I don't yeah. subscribe to the whole Roy's last game bullshit because we've we've been here before. <laughs> He's done it. He's I mean, three times already. He'll go back into his cryogenic freezer and they'll they'll pull him out next time they need him. Like, how many last games does he want? Do you know what I mean? Unless he absolutely just has a mare and snuffs it sat on the bench, that is the only way they're ever getting rid of him. Um, I think the, reassur- I, the slightly reassuring thing is is that you that unless they're on lead, they've got to win a game. Yeah, and that that's the thing they've got. To win a game because there's no like a draw is no good at all. They've got to win one of their two games to even give themselves a chance. Um, so yeah, yeah, hopefully, like next week's pod, I'll like have a sun hat on and some uh, sunglasses and a nice like background that's like me on a beach kind of thing because it's all done and dusted. But I doubt it very much. <laughs> That's that's definitely the thing in it. It'll be that the the second that the people tune into next week's podcast, they'll be able to tell the sort of the the tone 
of the podcast, shall we say, because obviously it'll either be me just in a dark room surrounded by nothing but, you know, just blood dripping from things and stuff like that, or I'll be I'll be the one who looks like he's just spent the weekend, you know, sampling some of the finer uh, delights of, uh, you know, many breweries from across the land, etc., I disagree, because if you win, you'll go from crapping yourself all night on Wednesday night this week to then doing it for a solid period of time right up until the end of the final. Yeah, yeah, you're probably, you're probably right there. <laughs> uh, so if it's, just, yeah. if it's just me and Andy next week talking about the whole transfer market, then you know what's <laughs> going on. be a very short podcast, isn't there? Uh, <laughs> got the release list, the retain list... <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's another week done and dusted. Um, we've, we've broken down the, the games from last week. We've got. We've given you the preview of the of the Borough and Forest games to come. Tune, uh, tune in again next week, where we'll do it all over again. Fingers crossed for at least another two games. I say at least another two games. It can only be another two games. That, that would be it. Maybe two games or one game. No more, no less. Thank you, as always, to these three wonderful gents for joining me in uh, breaking down the, uh, the the wonderful world of the uh, of the football nature. Um, and yes, we'll be back next week to do it all over again, and we'll almost be at the end of the season. So tune in next week. But until then, tatty bye for now. So there we go, what do you think of that? Another week of football gone, another week of football to come. So, you know, still football to look forward to, still football to enjoy, and more football podcasts to enjoy. Join us next week, find out how the teams did this week, and find out if we're still doing more next week. Fingers crossed. In the meantime, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and comment. Leave us a review. Check out the website, thecookiecast.com, and uh, that way you can get in touch with us. There's social media links, there's an email button. You can talk to us the way we talk to you. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.